I'm Bay, and you're listening to Bay Baltimore, a pop culture and society podcast recorded in a quiet neighborhood in Baltimore. This week, I want to share my thoughts about Spike Lee's new movie, Black Klansman, starring John David Washington, Denzel's son, and chat about Afropunk book, Brooklyn. So, this weekend was super busy for me and my boo, um... Me and the hubby celebrated our five-year anniversary. Woo-woo. Um, my dad hit a milestone in recovery from a major surgery. All right. And I'm gearing up to have a last summer hurrah, I guess, over the next two weeks, um, weather permitting. Um, anyway, the fall is usually super busy for me. Um, always has been, really. Um, at work and in sorority life. So... Afropunk weekend and Labor Day are right on time. Um, So while I pack for this weekend, I want to share my thoughts on Black Klansmen and talk about my hopes for the festival. So let's talk about Black Klansmen. Um, For... Anyone who doesn't know, um, Black Klansman is a movie about a black man named Ron Stallworth who joins a Colorado police department and sets out to make a name for himself as the first black man in the department. He faces racism and police corruption from within the force while also posing as a white supremacist and boldly striking up a friendship with the head of the Klan, um, the Ku Klux Klan, Clue, wait, is Ku Klu Klux Klan or Ku Klux. You know, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking about. KKK. Um, Anyway, the head of the KKK, David Duke. Um, This movie is purported to be based on a true story. There really is a Ron Stallworth. He really was a police officer um, in the 70s. I think he retired as a police officer and he really did pull off this caper. Um, But it's a movie. Um, So it's it's like based on it, but it's like loosely based. Anyway, I will not give too much of the movie away um, if you haven't seen it, but it's pretty exciting, Um, even though it's predictable in some spots and preachy and kind of weirdly so in other in other spots. It's a Spike Lee movie. You know how Spike Lee does. Um, 25th Hour. um, She's got to have it. The reboot. Shoot, all of his movies, there is always this political undertone. He's always trying to say something. All movies say something, but like he's always trying to push a message. So you're going to laugh. You're going to clutch your pearls. um, You're going to think you're going to be entertained, but you're also going to get that he's definitely sharing a message. Um, Whether you totally agree with the message or not is your business. Um... But it's a Spike Lee joint and you know what you're going, you're getting into. Um, he's got jump cuts, not jump cuts. What am I trying to say? You know how um, in, what's, what was that movie with him and Denzel? Actually, in, there's this type of cinematography that he uses in Crooklyn. He used it in Crooklyn when um, Troy was, had the bat and she was going to be beat up uh, right hand man and stink I guess because they messed with her little brother toward the end of the movie um he used it in is it the bank job 
something about the bank robbery heist with Clive Owen, the, the, the heist movie with Clive Owens. Um, um, he used this, basically it's like there's a movie, there's a, a camera on some, some sort of contraption that is motorized. And so what happens is he puts the actor right in front of the camera standing on this thing. It looks like it's a, um, what are those scooters? You know those scooters where you stand on them and lean forward and they, they go they go uh, forward? I can't call the name of them just now, but you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, anyway, it looks like they're on one of those type of contraptions. And the actor is moving super fast, so the scenery is moving really fast behind them. But they're not moving. They're just holding that pose. Anyway, he has that same type of imagery um, in Black Klansmen. So, you know, he has his hallmarks and that's one of them. Um, so yeah, he does the Spike Lee thing where he's sharing his message in only the way that he sees fit. And, you know, this is what we've come to appreciate or just recognize, um, about Spike Lee. So, you know, Anyway, hate him or love him. If you hate him, you're not going to go see this movie. If you like him, you're going to see things that are familiar. And so another thing that came out after this movie, it it's not it's not about it's about the movie, but it has nothing to do with with Spike. Well, actually, it does. Boots Riley. Sorry, just go with me. I'm all over the place. Um, Boots Riley, who is the director of Sorry to Bother You, came out with a scathing review of this movie. Um, and I'm going to pull up the quote real quick. Basically, he was saying that the the movie was made up and that Lee is intentionally tries to make a police officer the protagonist against racist oppression um, within the, the police department. So it's like... Basically, Boots' complaint is he's unrealistically putting this police officer as a good guy trying to do the right thing and fight racism and within the department and in the community. And Boots is like, that's unrealistic because he made this real wild claim that black officers were... Read it, read, just Google Boots Riley and read his comments. They're all over the place, but... It, it made me, it led me to believe that he was inferring that police officers, black police officers were in league with the Klan um, and still are to a certain extent. And definitely in the 70s, they were a major part of uh, the Klan's activities. They were contributors to the Klan's negative activities against black folk and the public at, at large. I have... It's like, you know how someone will take something that's based in truth and then run with it all the way over to West Hell and then turn it into something completely different. But because it's rooted in truth that it's like people give him, they give them play. They give him them space to say that they entertain the thought. Um, I'm sure there are people who inadvertently cooperate with racist people all the time racist institutions all the time hell you could argue that black people by and large a lot of uh, a lot of folks inadvertently cooperate with corrupt um institutions because they think they're doing the right thing but in reality they're just you know further oppressing their people like that could be said about a lot of people but i i boy boots is reaching for straws here he sounds butthurt um is what he sounds like it sounds like he has a vendetta against Lee 
um, right or wrong, because Spike Lee is, hasn't always turned a good deed for black women in his films. Let's be clear. Everybody knows that at this point. Um, and I also think Boots is hurt because he got criticism. He faced criticism for his um, character that... What's that girl's name? What's her name? Um, Tessa Thompson. He caught criticism for Tessa Thompson's character um, in Sorry to Bother You. And he was butthurt about that. And we're all in everybody's comments. I was listening to a couple of uh, podcasters who were talking about how just ridiculous Boots had been acting. It's a movie, y'all. It's a movie. And I know movies mean things and the subject matter that they approach means things. And so you have to be careful about that. But this is a movie. And I don't think it was as deep as Boots was making it. But I think there is room for discussion here. I just think not Boots' discussion, or at least not in that way, because Boots, you out there. Um, But outside of all of that, my other takeaway that I don't want to get lost, and and I pray that nobody is, is um, John David Washington, he's all right. He's he's an all right actor. He did a a decent job in this movie. Um, Were there issues with some of the scenes and some of the plot? Absolutely. Were there, did it seem like Spike Lee just wanted to throw in a bunch of different ideas that didn't necessarily connect to the major theme of the movie? Sure. Like um, they loosely connected, but they didn't like really connect. Yes, absolutely. But in regards to the acting, I think it was well acted in many spots. There were good performances put up by many different actors. Um, and I think John, um, John David Washington was one of them. Um, and I just think it was so great that his dad would have a movie out the same time that he had a movie out. And they, necess- they didn't necessarily, I don't think, compete with each other. I think it was just... It's good to see that. Um, And I want to see more of him. I want to see him behind the camera. I want to see him in front of the camera. Um, And not just because he sounds like his daddy. And I really love Denzel. Um, But because I think he's got something to say. um, And I'm eager to hear more of it. So here's to a positive future for him. And many more movies that he will be the director of. Or he will act in. So Afropunk is this weekend and I've been packing for over a week now. I've actually been mentally packing since May, but I'm actually putting things in a bag now. Anyway, I've seen tons of pics on Twitter and Pinterest trying to gauge what to expect. And I don't know, I still feel like I won't know until I get there, which, you know, I think that's kind of cool, too. Um, You know, I'm going with Mon, and she's got people in New York, and I think actually some of her folks are going to be there, uh, cousins or whatnot, maybe volunteering or something. Anyway, so, you know, we'll have that connection. I've got a few people that are up there, friends, um, acquaintances that are up in the the area, so I hope to run into them. Um, I don't know. I know that there are going to be famous... New York-based podcasters that that are going to be there. I think uh, one third of the friend zone is definitely going to be there. I think Dustin. 
Um, I definitely know Queen and Jay are going to be there from uh, Tea with Queen and Jay. And there are going to be tons of others, I'm sure, who will fly in just for um, uh, Afropunk um, Brooklyn. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to that, to stopping by tents or running into folks, because that'll be pretty cool. I also know that the weather is going to be gorgeous this weekend. Thank God. Let me tell you about this weather. My goodness. Every other weekend, it's like hit or miss. Hit or miss, hit or miss with the rain. But thank goodness um, that, you know, it's just going to be partly cloudy. So I'm pretty excited about that. I am, however, a little bummed about this lineup, man. This thing keeps changing. Um, I just knew I was going to see, um, what's her name? What's her name? Uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, uh, Zoe. I thought I just knew I was going to see Zoe. Um, and earlier this, earlier this summer, she and her band uh, were pulled from the lineup because of a schedule conflict. Now I heard that... Um, that the Smiths aren't going to be here. And I'm talking about uh, Jada, um, Jaden, and uh, Willow aren't going to perform. And, you know, that bummed me out too because I really wanted to see, I at least wanted to see uh, Jada and Jaden. Uh, not Jada and Jaden. I wanted to see Willow. Jaden is cool, but I connect more with Willow and Jada. I, I just, something about that storyline kind of connects me. So I was I was super interested in seeing them. Um and now they're not going to be there. So, and Pusha T is in their place. And one of these days, I'm going to tell you about the summer where I felt like I saw Pusha T every time I went to a festival. Every time. I know Mon says that that's not true, that I didn't see him like 80 billion times that summer. But I promise you, I definitely saw him more than six times. Um, and I think at the time, I, it was him and his brother. I don't know, it's a minute ago, so I'm dating myself, but it was, it was maybe a year or two after I moved to Baltimore, and I felt like there was one summer where I saw Pusha T and his brother like a jillion times, and it was annoying, so I feel like there's a little bit of a re repeat here, even though this is the first time I'm seeing him this summer, but, you know, I'm not gonna trip, there's a million and one things to do, I'm sure, um, and there are other artists that I'm, I'm interested in seeing like Kay Trinata, Erica Badu, of course, girl, unless she pulls out too, which at this point, I'll just throw my hands up. Um, her or do you say it her or is it H E R? I don't know. I'm late. Anyway, I think Daniel Caesar is going to be there. There's a ton of other artists that I'm interested in seeing. Um, plus I'm just hoping the atmosphere is going to be awesome. Honestly, um, outside of Baltimore's Afram, this will be my first kind of cool for black folks, by folks, by black folks um, festival that I've been to. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be in the atmosphere. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hoping to be kind of bathed in weirdness and just soak up the cool energy and at the very least, just relax just relax in that environment and, and feel free to just be just chill in that environment. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that.
summer has been pretty great. Um, and it will be nice to end it on a high note. This year has been great from my perspective for black films and I look forward to a future with more black people that look like me on the screen playing all types of roles. So I don't know, it's just, I'm, I'm still on a high. This year, this year has been pretty good so far and I know there's still more of it to come, but this summer has been great and I'm glad to end it with Afropunk and uh, Labor Day weekend. Um, yeah, anyway. Be sure to visit baybaltimore.weebly.com to check out my 3 a.m. jams and other random posts. Uh, send me a message through anchor.fm app or follow me on Twitter by searching the show's handle. I really, really, really want to hear from y'all. Um, if there's something I could be doing differently, if there's a topic you want to hear about, I want to, I want to know about that too. Um, and don't hesitate to give the show a max rating on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to the show. That's super important, too. All right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.